Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northside Nine podcast. It's time to kick back, crack a cold one, and get caught up on your Cubs baseball. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 14 of the Northside Nine podcast. I am your co-host, Ron Luce. I am joined today by my fantastic co-host, Justin Hunter, and our trusty producer, Mr. James Jacobson. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing great, Ron. Uh, could be doing better the way the Cubs playing currently, but we're holding on. We're holding on. Yeah, and I'm doing pretty okay, you know, talk, you know, figuring my commuting situation, which you guys heard about. But besides that, get to talk some Cubs baseball tonight with you boys. So doing pretty good right now. Good, man. Good. Yeah, James and I have the lovely pleasure of working in the uh, city and living in the suburbs. So uh, the commute is always a daily hassle and usually causes us more frustration than just about anything. Um, Except maybe the Cubbies lately, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, Just for starters, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's show, please make sure to check out our ratings, our podcasts, and all good things Chicago sports and Cubs baseball over at ONTAP Sports. And our website is ontapsportsnet.com. We have tons of great articles. The Cubs guys have been pumping stuff out over the last week and a half or so. We have article after article after article. I could tell you personally that today, so yesterday when most of you are listening to this, Um, I believe we pumped out about five Cubs articles during the day. Uh, A lot of things happening today as we record. We'll get into a lot of them later, but just want to bring up a couple of things. Uh, Today marks the debut anniversary of Anthony Rizzo as a Chicago Cub. On this date in 2012, or on yesterday in 2012 when all of you are listening to this, um, we had a nice little article from Schwartzy today uh, about the history of the Braves-Cubs uh, matchups dating way back into the early 1900s. So that's actually a pretty cool read. I suggest giving that a uh, a look. Tons of crazy names, which is always a lot of fun. And uh, I'm sure you can stump your friends with most of those names. Uh, and we have many other things, including um, articles about Elizai's call-up, uh, the impending Craig Kimbrell news, which we will certainly dive into here um, at some point today, and other great things. So make sure to check us out at ontapsportsnet.com that would be on Twitter and on Instagram at ontapsportsnet Uh, or you can check out our Twitter page at northside the number 9 pod Uh, we'll post and retweet everything from that account as well All right, gentlemen let's dive quickly into the news I want to hear what you guys have to say about these three things kind of the big things that we got going on right now in the world of Cubs baseball currently Adbert Alozai was called up, and uh, since the last time we recorded, he pitched in his debut. He pitched a solid four innings, looked really, really good. Um, Ended up actually getting the win in that game in relief of of Tyler Chatwood uh, in the first game of that Mets series. Uh, And then his second start, or well, excuse me, his second appearance, his first start, um, got dinged up a little bit, but not too badly. Ultimately a losing day for the Cubs, but he was not the losing pitcher. Um... To make room for Mr. Elzai, uh, Mr. Tim Collins was DFA'd at the time of the call-up. Other news including the activation of Tony Barnett. He made his Cubs debut since the last time we recorded as well. And Roman Wick was optioned. Um, I believe Wick was recalled in wake of the... 
Kyle Hendricks news. There we go. I had to think back a little ways for that one. Um, but nonetheless, Mr. Wick is returned to AAA, and Tony Barnett is now up on the active roster. And arguably the biggest news, as of today, June 26th, so the day before you guys are all hearing this this pod, it'll be the day of, actually. Um, Craig Kimbrell is going to be activated on Thursday, June 27th. He is here. He is ready. He looked pretty good, actually, in AAA. He sported a 2.45 ERA while down there. Four strikeouts in his four appearances. So wasn't doing too much K-ing, but that's okay. Uh, he was getting the job done nonetheless. Gentlemen, 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 Justin, I want to hear from you. Uh, t- obviously a ton to talk about. I would say probably the two biggest pieces of information here are the Alozai you know, recall and 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 debuts, um, both appearance and starting, and then Craig Kimbrell. I mean, what, this is kind of weird being able to talk about Cubs pitching with some some hype and some positivity for once in our lives. Yeah, man, it is it is nice to finally have a prospect come up that you know you kind of believe in. It's not just another spot starter that the Cubs have kind of had these past couple years, um, starter wise from AAA, and I don't know since sixteen they really haven't had. A guy come up to you like, well, I hope, I know that guy's going to be here. And that's just, it's a product of them having a veteran rotation. It's a product of them not really developing anyone at the same time. So, Alzale, um, you know, his, de- his debuts were fine. Uh, I think the first one was good. You know, I think as a starting pitcher coming up for the first time, if you have good stuff, you're always going to kind of do well. I mean, it's not necessarily always true, but we see all the time, you know, good starting pitching prospects, they come up and they shove. It's happened a few times. Um, the Lambert kid did it twice, and you frankly have just never seen him, and you don't know much about him. Um, you know, uh, he went, it's kind of the same thing that happened in his debut, happened in his start where he got through the order, I think, twice, and then he ran into some issues with, you know, walking, he left a home run. Um were, I'll, I'll definitely say that they were promising starts. Um, I think this is a guy that could stick around. Do I think he's like a top of the rotation type starter in the future? Could be. You know, if he really develops that change up more and he starts throwing his curve more, I'm sure he's sure he could. But, you know, for right now, I think we're kind of just looking at being a middle rotation guy and a solid prospect. You know, he's not like a top 100 guy that you know is going to come up and be a stud. He's just kind of a guy. Uh, I wouldn't say just a guy, but in terms of the Cubs pitching, he's kind of just, you know, he's just a guy. He's not, like, nationally looked at as a stud prospect. He's like, well, he's our best we got. So, you know, there's that. Um, Kimbrell's really exciting. I'm not going to lie. You know, uh, I don't know what he threw today, um, velocity-wise. If it was today, it may have been yesterday. I think it was today. Had a busy couple days. Um I saw a lot of 95, 96. I think maybe a 97 sprinkled in there. So I'm hoping that we're going to get more 97, 98 consistently. Um, if he's throwing 95, that's, you know, just as fast as Carl Edwards, which I don't like. You know, that's why you have Kimbrough because of the velocity in the fastball. But, you know, I assume he'll be fine velocity-wise. And he's a big part of this bullpen that there's at times, you know, we've seen this season. And then just recently this Cubs bullpen is thin, um, especially with them going to the six-man rotation. To close the game, you really have Kinsler, Cisek, and Strope with uh, Edwards down. 
And even saying Edwards, it's like, uh, you know, it's Carl, Carl Edwards. So it's, it's huge. It's massive. But I really just hope that he pitches well. If he's bad, oh, man, the signings in the past couple of seasons, how bad they would look. It would look bad for the past couple of years with Theo. I mean, I don't want to really get into Theo right now, but there's been a lot of swing and misses for the Cubs with offseason signings in the past couple of years. So, you know, we the Cubs really need him. And I think he'll deliver. You know, like I said, hopefully the velocity is up and the breaking ball is good. And he's didn't, you know, last season and second half and playoffs was an aberration. I heard it had been a mechanical issue that he fixed. Um, and he started actually pitching better. So I'm just the Cubs really need a lockdown closer if they really want to compete. Um, right now, there's you know the the offense is a little uncertain, and you know you can't have these games where your offense shows up and you blow a lead late, or you or like last night when you're pitching Mike Montgomery with a one run lead against the first place team in the seventh inning. Uh, you can't have it. You know he pushes everybody back a slot like we've talked about multiple times. So. And he gives guys days off. I mean, you don't have to pitch Strope every night. And maybe Strope can go in that situation. Or Shishak can go in that situation if you have a guy go seven. Um, it's just, you know, it's paramount that he come up and he be the Craig Kimball that the Cubs are paying for and that this team needs right now. So, yeah, that's really all I got to say on on those two. Yeah, and then my take on uh, Adbert, Ad, Adbert Alzali, not Alzali, uh, there's been a big big talk about how that's how you actually pronounce his name. I was a lie, but, um, you know, I, I thought the kid did just fine in his first two appearances. Um, you like to see the command a little bit, a little bit better, but besides that, what two hits in those two appearances, one of them being a home run or two of them being both of them home runs, I believe. So, you know, four and two thirds last night. Um, I've been hearing a couple of things on the radio, 670. You know, he, he was really working that change up uh, yesterday, which you, you like to see because he didn't, he, he didn't have that confidence at first appearance. But, um, you know, he, the command really wasn't there. And I think Contreras has a lot to do with that, giving, giving him a lot of confidence. And then when you look, uh, you know, down the line in the future, I think the sample size is just really small for him at the moment. We have, we have to see how he, uh, you know, what weight brings to the table here when he uh, does continue to pitch and make uh, some starts. And I, I don't know, is, is this going to be like a reoccurring thing? Do you guys know? Is like, is he going to be with in this rotation until Hendricks get, gets healthy or, or, or is like him and Chatwood going to switch it up at all? Do you guys know? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they either switch it up or if maybe Joe liked kind of the theme that he created with um, Alzale's debut, which was, you know, let Chatwood start the game and go like four innings and then let Alzale take four innings. Uh, and then you only have to use one guy out of the pen then potentially. Um, I have no idea though. I, I don't know what yeah. honestly their thought process is. I mean, I'm sure they know internally what they want to do, but um, nothing has been disclosed. I don't think to the public of like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Alzali's our guy. He's going to get every game from here on out until Hendricks is back versus, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to give Chatwood one here and then Alzali hit one here. Because one thing just to quickly consider, I don't want to you know ramble on for too long, but if Alzali continues to pitch well, it's that's a really hard decision to have to make for Theo and Jed because 
do you really want to send him down if he makes your team better? No, not ideally, right? So uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they approach everything, especially once you know Hendricks returns and is healthy and and looks like himself again. Really, I mean, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously, I think he can make a positive uh, contribution towards the bullpen. Um, we do need an, another lefty that's better than Montgomery, and um, I forgot who, who, who's our other lefty. Can't think off the top of my head. Kyle Ryan. Okay, yeah, Kyle Ryan. Yeah, we definitely need someone else there. So I True. Mean, yeah. <laughs> but um, besides that, like I was saying, you know, it if the kid can get the command down a little bit better, which you know he has, he has, he has good. Uh, was a slider, good curveball or slider, and the changeups there. You know, he threw it a lot yesterday. He was able to get some swing and misses, and again, only one hit. So you know, if he can go deep into games, if he can contribute any way possible. And uh, build up this this sample that we've seen of him so far. Then I, I I think, you know, there's potential there. Obviously, you know, he he had a lot of hype coming up, and uh, I I think especially with him and Contreras, I think Contreras is helping him out a lot catching for him. Um, so that's my take on on the kid at the moment. And then when when we look at uh, Kimbrel, you know. His nickname, I mean, I don't know if it really was his nickname in Boston, but Dirty Craig, and I know Justin talked it's about not his nickname. Okay, no, you know, and I, I refuse to believe I bring, the I name was walking up. around. I like, bring, what's up, Dirty Craig? I bring like, it up. It's just so uncreative and just. I, okay, I'm I'm just bringing it up because last year when they had like nickname series and they had the nicknames on the jerseys, his nickname was Dirty Craig, and I'm just going off of that. So if it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's you know, somewhat true. It's somewhat true. But either way, I'm gonna call him Dirty Craig because if he can come to the come out of the pen, close the game, and not only you know get that velocity up, like Hunter was saying, you want to see 97, 98. You also want to see his like his his slider and his power curve do some work. So you know, I'm, and and again, he also brings atmosphere to the team, not just the bullpen. You know, you got a guy like that, the team's buzzing. Everybody's buzzing. The fans are buzzing. Everybody's can't wait for this guy to get on the mound that first night or that first close, you know, the first opportunity he gets and and you know show what he's show what he got. Shows what he has or whatever. But either way, you know, he he's gonna he's gonna go out there and knowing him, you know, he's a competitive guy and brings a lot of energy. He's not just gonna, you know, hopefully not get tore up and blow a save but you know go out there and dominate and show show the cubs fans and the front office why they you know made this leap to get them so yeah a uh, quick question before we uh move on to the next topic here uh want to get both of your takes on it do you think that Kimbrel's first appearance his debut appearance in the cubs uniform is in a save situation or do you think he comes in in more of just a traditional relief situation maybe in the seventh or eighth um or ninth if they have a big lead i guess that's a good question so save safe situation True. versus non-safe situation what do you think that joe's gonna do for his debut I'm not saying obviously long term obviously we all know long term he's the closer Nine nine and a half times out of ten, he's getting the ball in a save situation unless he pitches three days in a row and needs a break. Do you guys think he makes his debut in a save situation? Yeah, he's definitely going to save, I think. Well, I could see if they're up by like four or five in the ninth and he hasn't pitched in like two, three days, they'll get him out there. Um, I think they're going to want to get him work. You know, I guess, yeah, if, if it – if there's not a spot for a save in, like, their next three to four, which there could be because it seems like the Cubs do, like, win a lot of games big or they, 
lose, obviously. Um, but I think if the time is right, it's going to be a save. I think, you know, you bought, you bought Craig Kimbrell. This is your window. Don't fuck around and throw him out there in the fifth. This guy's a closer. He's kind of a diva in a sense about his usage. Not, not so much in, you know, complaining about, it's just, he wants a clean inning. If that makes sense. Like, he's not like a big diva. Obviously he's not like going in and bitching, but like, he's a guy that he's like, if you, if you give me in the ninth, I'll shut it down. Or just a clean inning. He's not a guy, if there's guys like second on third with an out, a one out and like the eighth, he's not going to want to come into that. He's not that kind of guy. I don't, you know, it's just like reports I've heard and all this stuff. Um, so I think he probably will just get a save. Hopefully it's like a three-run lead. Or you know what? Or it's a one-run lead and he just strikes out the side. That'd be even better. I just want, as long as it's a good debut – I don't honestly kind of don't care where they play him, but I would rather have them. Like, I don't want to waste like bullets. You know, he is older. I just, I don't, I don't want to see him just go out there messing around, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you, I, th- I think you summed it up pretty good. You know, if, if, if we see here, there's no save opportunities and they want to get him some work, especially if they're bringing him up now and he hasn't, has yet to pitch in, in that atmosphere this year. Um, I think, you know, he, they might just throw him out there for the work. Just to see what you know, just to get him attuned to it, which I don't think you know. Quite honestly, he needs. But you know, when that time comes, and you know, he didn't get to go in a game beforehand. Um, yeah, I, I would like it to be a very successful close opportunity that he does succeed, and because that's what everybody wants, and that's what everybody wants to see. Yeah, hundred percent. No, good. I, I just I really wanted to hear what you guys had to say about that because um, it's something interesting to consider. Just for example, I mean, I can think of, I believe it was his AAA debut. Um, down in Iowa, he got used in the seventh inning um, of a game when I want to say they actually had the lead. So, you know, just tiny tidbit. Obviously, two different leagues, AAA, they're just trying to give him work. You know, at the big league level, he's he's getting paid to, to close games down. So, good stuff, gentlemen. Okay. So let's let's move on. Obviously, obviously, obviously. Justin hinted at it a little bit earlier. Uh, we've kind of all hinted at it so far. The Cubs have not been nearly as good lately as they were at one point in the season. At one point in the season, they won 14 of 17 games. They were hot. They, you know, charged all the way back from that terrible you know, bottom of the NL Central that they were in early in the season. And this was, uh, everybody was sitting here in Chicago and just going, wow, this is the team this year. They look so good. Everybody's playing well, this, that, and the other. Now, all of a sudden, they look like a very pedestrian ball club. They, uh, you know, really have been playing more or less 500 ball lately. You know, a lot of split series, you know, maybe winning two out of three or winning one out of three. You know, just kind of being very 500 and, you know, as as terrible as it is to say. Some obvious, you know, effects to that is maybe the defense hasn't been there as as much as we'd like it to be. The offense at times has been very inconsistent. And based on how this team has been built over the last few years, relies heavily on the long ball. The long ball is not there. More often than not, not saying always, they tend to struggle on offense. The starting pitching has been a bit shaky of late. Shit happens. And, you know, streaking is never a good thing. You know, it's it's really hard to, 
they, they've been streaking as, as we have it here in our rundown. I think it's very well put. Streaking in a negative direction sometimes. Um, and definitely want to hear your guys' take on this You know, as soon as I'm done ranting here. The freaking base running has been disgusting. I don't know if either one of you see, saw that play yesterday. It was uh, oh, yeah. atrocious. Yeah. Absolutely fucking atrocious. So tying this all back in as I'm sitting here just rambling on about it, the Cubs are struggling, and I, I'm curious to know what you guys have to say. When we're all said and done, I have one stat that I want to read. Because it's actually very intriguing, and it's from you know one of the the I'd say he's pretty well known on Twitter. Um, he he came up with a good little stat that I want to read when we're all said and done. But uh, James, you seem pretty excited about this, so I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, well, what I mean, the hell is going on? It's it's fucking a trouble. I mean, yesterday there was a great opportunity early on in the game. Um, I don't know the situation entirely. I think runners, what well, Baez was on second and Contreras was on first. I, I you know, I, either way, you know, base is juiced. Base is juiced, I guess. But we also, it was a failed bunt attempt and then fucking just it's got Baez got really aggressive and he got taught. Well, he got what in a rundown and then Contreras, I don't know what the fuck Contreras was doing. It, you know, he, he got, he got really aggressive and it's like, it was a it was free cheese. And, you know, it's the little things, you know, that that could have been a huge ending for us. You know, it's the little things that can really go a long way in games. Um, you know, we talked about sloppy defense. You talked about sloppy defense. Uh, who, who's fucking um, – I can't think of his name right now. When uh, – what's his name was playing first, that, that routine catch – what the fuck? You guys help me out here. What's I can't think of his name right now. Playing first, you know, David Bodie. Caratini. Caratini. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, he's not first baseman, but. I saw a bad Bodie. Yeah, you know, it's just like the defense has been sloppy. The, the base running has been really sloppy. You know, the offense inconsistent where we see this team go up for, go on for like seven, eight runs in a game, and then we see him get shut down by a guy like Nova. So it's it's just like. It's really frustrating because you know, you know, the Cubs had had, you know, they have a great opportunity still, but they had like this past month to really stretch themselves uh, apart within the division, especially with how everybody else is playing within the division. Thank God, or else who knows where the Cubs would be. Um, but you know, besides that, it's it's just something that like they're consistently doing things you don't want them to do, and. I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of stats out there right now where like they're they're not ranked as well as they should be in terms of like past years and defense and base running because again the little things go a long way and uh, we've said it before you know I, I truly believe every game matters and come down to the end of the year do you want to really you know play another uh, one game series with like the Brewers to decide who wins the division and who has to play the fucking wild card so I mean it's it's just it's really frustrating and you want to see him cleaning up, clean it up, but you know, we're not in spring training anymore. So like this stuff is just going to have to come. These guys are going to have to learn from it. And, and I, I really hope, you know, Joe being a player guy, he's not going to like necessarily go in the locker room and tear these guys a new one. But 
I, I, I hope a message is getting, you know, reached to them that like, guys, we have to clean this up because this is not Cubs baseball. This is not what we're, you know, this isn't what we do. You know, like 2016, we were built on great defense. And, you know, what we're seeing now is just, you know, it's just miscues. I, a lot like Contreras being as good as he is, we've seen a lot of like, I want to say bad throws, but like, you know, throws that it's we've seen in the past. Yeah, yeah, like we've seen them in the past where, you know, they're crisp and they're clean. They're also, they're, they're, you know, they're smart, you know. That's another thing. There are not many smart plays are happening. And I feel like they're just like players, people are, or players are trying to do too much, if you guys know what I mean. But, you know, that's my take. And obviously, you know, plain and simple, the Cubs need to be better in that aspect. And I think offense, you know, you're, you're not going to be, you know, consistently putting up six runs, but, you know, when you get opportunities to go against guys like Nova, you know, you got to take advantage of it and you got to at least put up three or four. Um, but yeah. Tell us how you really feel, James. I like the passion. No. And just, and just think about it. I mean, to just quickly to your point, you know, you mentioned, you know, that 16 team being built on good base running. If Albert Almora doesn't tag up from first base on that deep fly and advance to second, who knows what the hell happens, right? I mean, it just it's the classic case that they made smart plays at the right time. Justin, what do you think? Yeah, man, uh, I think you you really kind of hit it on the head, James, when you said you know the the way the division's going, the Cubs should have built a lead by now because these are the kind of things that end you back up in a wild card situation. If the Cubs were playing just solid ball, you know, if they were just winning the series they should win, splitting against, you know, the Dodgers, you win one maybe in Colorado. These are teams you you should be beating, and they have a half-game lead on the Brewers, who I feel like have won like two out of their last nine. And it's it's ridiculous because you're going to come a point, they're going to get hot, and we better make sure they were hot. Right now, the holes on this team, it almost seems like, it's going to take a lot for them to get hot again. That, that may sound pessimistic, and I don't mean like extremely hot, but they, they had that burst, you know, that big run where they got to like 20 and 11, and then they won like, then they swept the Cardinals. And that was when they're, they're kind of they're, like their, their hottest point right there, you know. And now, <coughs> excuse me, um, when you look back at the season, there's a lot of <coughs> two for one. There's a lot of times where, like, they've just been a 500 ball club, guys, and like plain and simple. Like, without that hot run, they've had two two and seven road trips. So that's four and fourteen if you want to, you know, get technical with it. And it's like Jesus. Yeah, and then if really quick, and if Bias doesn't fucking doesn't hit a, a what a three run blast to go up five three against the Mets. You know that we lose that series three to one. You know, we three games to one against the Mets, and it's just like, oh, it's brutal, man. It's like, it's like, what the hell? All oh, the game's back on. Jesus, Darvish I was just, is still I was pitching. just about to say that that the game is back, and yeah, Darvish is still in the game, pitching yeah, well, to Keuchel. All right. Well, anyways, like, there's that, and I think my biggest thing is just like you said, like the defense, the defense. Hasn't been good. I mean, it hasn't. I don't think it's been terrible though. Like I, 
I kind of disagree with their defense being one of their big problems. They're not the 16 defense, but I think they're fine defensively. As long as they're one of the like the top teams in the league in errors, they just have. You know, they might be actually. Let me check because now I'm now I'm thinking more about like some of the bad. Had, but the base running's been bad, and this the running wasn't scoring position hitting has been. There's days where it's good, and then there's a lot of days where it's not bad. And I think maybe it's because the Cubs do get on base a lot. Um, they get a decent amount of hits, and it seems like they string them together. And one thing that kind of screwed them tonight is the double play, man. I feel like we were just grounding into a double play like at least twice, three times a game, and that gets bad. Like <laughs> you, We're killing rallies all the time. Like yesterday, we had, like you said, that bases loaded situation. Yes, the Cubs had the lead and should have won that game. But if Ausley, say he gets a bunt down, it's not no play. Say you give Schwarber a chance, who knows? Maybe he hits a bomb. Maybe he hits a single and we get two runs out of it. Maybe he clears them, like clears the bases with a double. You never know in those situations. And those are the kind of things that separate championship teams from the Cubs are a solid team, make no mistake about it. They're in a rough stretch of a lot of games and they've had some really tough bullpen blow in the games. But the team like the Dodgers, they're complete. And the team like we're seeing right now, Braves, they're pretty damn good too, especially offensively. Uh, if any pitching, I'd say they're better than the Cubs, but I think the Cubs have the you know, the edge right now just because I think their pitching will play out better than the Braves will. I'm not really sold on Keiko. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's, it, it, it's just like, are we just going to get to the what? With an NLCS at the best case, and then just get smoked by the Dodgers. Yeah. That's a complete team. They have the best offense in the league and the pitching staff in the league. And I think their bullpen's not that great, but who cares? They're twelve and a half up. Did you guys know that they're twelve and a half up of the Rockies? They might be different. I heard like a later stat, but they have a double-digit lead already. Like one hundred and thirty-three run differential last time I heard. Um, I could be wrong, but it's like that was. That's who we thought the Cubs were going to be, I thought. Right? Yeah. I like, mean, during that run, I thought we were going to, oh, we got it. And now yeah. they just, they just been like normal. They've just and, been average. Dude, and like, you want to know what the Dodgers do good as well? You know, one, they're clutch. What, they had three rookies walk, walk off back to back to back. And then, you know, I was just thinking about it. It, it, it sounds a lot simpler than it really is, but, you know, execution. Just, in, at all S aspects of the game, the Cubs struggle with execution, you know, in specific defensive plays, and then just producing uh, runs when 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 there's runners in scoring position. You know, the Cubs are just not like they're like we see it here and there, but they're inconsistent at executing things. And I you know I, I don't know if they need to you know get further in the season, you know, keep you know just let it play out. But um, at the moment, it just seems like, you know, if it's an error, then it's an error that comes back to bite them. And if it's like a, a base running mishap, then it's a base running mishap that seems to be the deciding factor where the Cubs could have got some runs, but they didn't because of, you know, being stupid on the base paths, base paths, whatever. Yeah, uh, just, to, just to quickly fill in with some information. The Dodgers currently are 55 and 27, which is good for a 12-game lead over the Colorado Rockies, and they have a 125-run differential in the positive, which is by far best in baseball. By a full 15 runs over the next team, uh, and a fun little fact: the next highest team is actually the Minnesota Twins at 110. 
but nonetheless, no, good points all around, gentlemen. I'm not even going to get into that because I, I think you guys hit it on the head. You know, it's it's just it's the classic case of they need to execute. Um, and as soon as they can start doing that, you know, good shit's going to happen and th- these dumbass plays are going to go away. Um, hopefully some terrible pitching goes away too because right now you has not looked good tonight as we are recording right now. Let's jump in to some recent series. So obviously the last time we recorded, we were joined by our friends over at Shy Sox Weekly um, talking a little Crosstown Classic. So the Crosstown Classic, I think, went in a way that we all kind of identified, but flip-flopped, right? So we all were like, oh yeah, Nova's pitching. The Cubs are going to come in and put up nine runs, kick his ass, send him home. And then Giolito was going to come in and smoke everybody and shut them down. And the absolute, complete fucking opposite happened. <laughs> Nova comes in, lets up, what, one run? And then it becomes dominant the rest of the game. And then they get their, what the, the Shy Sox Weekly's, Shy Sox Weekly guys, excuse me, called the A-team out of their bullpen and it was just shut down. So they had guys bummer. Marshall, Colome, all came in, did their job, game over. And then to rub big salt into the wound, we really got to hammer this one home. We didn't get to talk about this, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna twist the knife a little bit here. Is a little bit of a, a memory is fucking Eloy Jimenez hitting the go ahead bomb in the top of the ninth inning off of Pedro Strope to ultimately win the game for the White Sox. It was an awful feeling because not only did Cubs fans have to go, of course he did that, but every Sox fan that I know on the face of the planet was like, aha, you sons of bitches. I ho- Thank you for Eloy. I hope you like Jose Quintana. So that was not fun at all. But, 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 to ease the pain ever so slightly, Mr. You know, Giolito comes in and everybody's like, oh, this is a slam dunk. This is this is an absolute slam dunk for you know, the, the cubby or the, excuse me, the White Sox here. And, uh, that was not at all the case (laughs) because, uh, the Cubs won that game and Wilson Contreras had an absolute day and a half against Giolito. So very funny how that series went. And then, you know, against the Mets, things started off really well. Obviously, Alzali had a great debut, came in relief out of for Chatwood. That was the plan the entire time. Um, that Joe had mentioned. He said, yeah, we're going to let Chatty go, you know, 65 pitches, whenever that is. We're going to have Alzai come in and, and back him up. They did that. Alzai got him all the way to the ninth inning. It was it was a nice game for them. They needed something like that. Um, and then the um, team didn't do shit in the second and third game of that series. And then James kind of, as you mentioned earlier, Cubs down late in that you know final game of that series against DeGrom. And if it's not for Javi Baez hitting that bomb, you know, they, they probably lose that series. You know, the Mets probably take three out of four. Instead, they split and we move on. So here we are and here we stand. Uh, gentlemen, thoughts on both of those series. Definitely the Crosstown's worth mentioning um, because it's the Crosstown. And as we record, we are. Oh, just a little bit over a week away from part two of the Crosstown Classic down at Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, and obviously against the Mets, a, a team that has a lot of, of rich history as a rival of the Cubs. 
Um, give me your thoughts. Give me your takes. Justin, let's start with you. Yeah, the White Sox series was definitely interesting. With the, uh, I, I think I mentioned it. Like, you know, I haven't Ivan Nova, and he was the guy who the Cubs kind of. Maybe this might just be like a bias I'm putting in my head, but I feel like the Cubs kind of struggled with him a little bit when he was with the Pirates. I was going to say with and, the Pirates. Yeah, and I don't know. I think the Cubs, there was a lot of like 3-1 counts where they were just teeing off, and he would, they would get like jammed on ball four. I saw it like at least three or four times. And, you know, that's about enough of that game. And then the Eloy thing, which was just... That one hurt. I saw it, and I was just like, you got to be shitting me. Like, Because I knew that we were going to hear it from Shy Sox Weekly guys. And being with ONTAP, my Twitter is just full of Sox fans, like way more than I wish. Like, And it's just constant. And that was just Super Bowl. And it kind of made me laugh because, you know, that's where they are, and this is where we are. But, you know, they celebrated like they won the World Series. And I understand why. Like, I would if I was in their, in their shoes. And then their king, Lucas Giolito, came out and just got shit on. Wilson Contreras single-handedly embarrassed that man. I wonder if he had family in the stands. I hope not. You know, hitting two dongs, hitting a grand slam in the first inning. And he then he, the funniest thing was he pimped it. Like, he, we won the World Series, and he's been a little aggressive with the pimps lately. And he was just going nuts. And I, I loved it. It was, it was great. And then, you know... Lester looked like he was going to struggle, and he anchored down. He he gutted out six innings, and I think I said this in a group chat. Like, I just kind of think that's where we are with Lester right now. I think you're going to Willie Bond. Oh man, I'm a little bit behind, but that's cool. Um, oh geez, that ball got shit on. Is it on the wave one over the top bleachers? I think I'm really behind. Man, that's crazy. But anyways, you know. I lost my train of thought. I think I might have been talking about Wilson, uh, Lester. I think at this point with Lester, like I said in the group chat, we're gonna he's gonna have some games where he gets rocked, and then every now and then, like every like two starts, or every, maybe every three starts, you know he'll he'll gut out some, and I'll have a stretch where he's just bulldogging it out there, six innings of two runs, six innings of one run. It's just that's what you get, can hope from him, and, and he like has to have to a T. And that's the kind of the price you pay when you play I mean when you're still pitching at this age and you're in the lower nineties. You know, you have to be on completely like we just saw with Keiko. He's a guy who pitches in the low eighties and he left one over the plate and it got hammered. And that's kind of the problem that Lester's dealing with. So you know it's just let's hope that maybe he can, you know, together a few and I'm just glad that the Cubs actually hit Giolito because it shows they can still do it against good pitchers, but he was off. He looked off. I mean, he's walking guys left and right, and then Willie got two good balls that he hit. You know, they were good. They weren't, you know, dick shots. They were, you know, low pitches that he golfed out, which he's kind of attacked a lot this year. Um, and then the Mets series, I didn't really get – I don't know if I even saw any Mets games. It was just kind of like it was the Mets series. It was it was a series, I guess. Pete Alonso struck his balls all over the Cubs. I mean, would he have like five home runs in that game? I mean, in that series, and but the Cubs split, and like you said, the heroic walk off from Javi Baez. But you know, we're we're supposed to be happy with splitting a four game series at home to the Mets, going three and would they go three and three against the Sox and Mets on a homestand? I mean. 
that's the stuff that like when you're when you're good teams, you have to capitalize on that. You have to go out there. You need to sweep the socks first of all, especially if you're gonna shit on Giolito. How you get time you couldn't hit Nova the night before? Fuck out of here. And then you can't win three out of four from the Mets. They're fighting people in the locker room after the game. You can't beat those guys. Are you kidding me? And you get blown out one game. Uh, it's just this team is just. It's so they're just so average. It hurts. They're not bad. They're just average, and I think that makes it worse. If they were in like a rough stretch, I'd be more mad. But it's just like it's almost like this might be who they are. They got four or five legit bats, three or four bullpen guys, and like two rotation dudes right now without with Hendricks out. And and you can't you can almost not even say two of Lester's bad because then you just kind of have Cole and then the rookie out. Alzali, hoping that you know he he starts dealing. You know, I think he's good. He's got the changeup. He's got the curveball. But there's this it's the averageness of this team. It kills me. And like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Like, I'm legitimately sad. Like, I remember like the Eloy game. They hit that home run, and I was just, I was just sad. I just turned my Xbox on. I had the split screen. I played some some video games. Just sad. You know, just talking on the mic. It's I don't. I, I don't even know what to, what to think anymore. I don't know why you, I got so upset. You, I'm sorry, guys. You sound like a parent, man. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm just. I'm just disappointed. I'm, I'm it's totally just, reasonable. Totally reasonable. And I mean, I, I guess I'll just jump into my take. You know, the, the White Sox series. The one good thing I felt was, you know, I, I did feel like it was really, you know, there was more. It was more interesting than it has been in the past. It was really worth watching. You felt some atmosphere there, you know. Uh, you felt like, yeah, you know, you know, you got the White Sox who are doing a lot better than they were last year compared to this time. And then, you know, they, they had some some big names playing out there. You know, Tim Anderson, who unfortunately did get hurt. But, um, you know, we won't talk too much about that. Uh, and then it's just like, yeah, it's just it's weird because you do expect to take that game one. And, you know, that game two, you expected the Cubs to go in there and be a low scoring game potentially. But it completely, completely, completely got flipped uh, up, upside down on its head. And we ended up taking that second game, which is awesome. But, you know, and then jumping into the Mets series, uh, I, I really I watched some of that. I didn't get to watch as much as I liked. So I'm pretty much, you know, not clueless, but. You know, you, you, I kind of got the updates, but it's kind of like the same thing. I know you just get the update that Pete Alonzo is just, he's, he's like another cub killer who just fucking, he shit all over the cubs and he's probably, you know, what he has 27. How many home runs does he have now? 27 or I mean, he's above 27 or he's at 27. He had 20, he's at 27. He had three in that series. Yeah, so I mean, man's on pace. For I think he had 28. I think he, that was the record he broke, like the single season rookie record. I think 27 was the record. So the man could so get... beat it with 28. <laughs> I don't know, but the man, the man could be on pace it. for 60. I'm getting on it. man could be on pace. He's on pace for probably 60 right now, which is he just goes to tell you how, how the ball changes and like whatever. Whatever they did to the ball is completely affecting the league this year. Um, but yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to split with the Mets, you know, and get close to even losing that series with the Mets. You really have to look at these games as great opportunities to take three out of four, take two out of three sweep and give yourself a little, uh, you know, uh, give yourself a little boost going into, you know, your, uh, potential, you know, going into a, uh, you know, a way stand or what, I don't know what the term is, but going on the road or, you know, just road trip. going into an, yeah, there you go. Going on a road trip or just 
playing another, you know, tough team, maybe to say like the Dodgers or whatnot, or the Braves, like, like playing the Mets could have been a great boost for the Cubs going into this Braves series who the Braves are super hot at the moment. And yeah, they did take game one and, and Lester, Lester did, you know, what Justin said, what you kind of, you know, he's going out there and he's, he's, he's getting it done. It's not like he's dominating, but he's getting it done. And as long as we got some offense to back him up, he's going to, uh, he's going to be able to help us out a little bit, but not, not, you know, he's not, not, not like the old Lester where you expect him to go out there and maybe give up two at most. Um, but yeah, very, I, I, I'm kind of tired of just like ranting. Cause like I basically did that, uh, at the first beginning part of this episode. So Ron, if you want to talk a little bit about the past series, go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you guys hit it on the head that Eloy was a, uh, pardon my French, but a dick kick for all Cubs fans. Um, obviously not fun for us. I think, you know what? I, I honestly think that would not have been nearly as bad if, if Eloy was doing what he's doing, like, that's fine. He's doing what he's doing. If Quintana was pitching up to his ability, because I feel like he's been very, very, very shaky ever since he became a Cub. He, he showed a lot of promise early back in 2017 when he was acquired. 18, he had his flashes, and even this year, kind of the same thing. You know, he's had his flashes, but there's still a lot of eh, of like iffiness to his game right now. You know, I, I think that, but I think the crosstown was exciting. It was a fun series to watch. You know, obviously there was the Eloy drama, and that was great for White Sox fans, and they got to see, you know, their prized possession, you know, rise to the occasion at the at the ballpark of the team that draft or you know signed him uh, from Latin America, and now you know he gets kind of the last say and the last revenge, more or less. Uh, and then the next night, you know, it's it's nice seeing the Cubs. To your guys' point, hit good pitching. You know, it, I'm you know, none of us have lied. We're we're very honest. We're very truthful. We're very objective in the sense of Giolito is a great pitcher. He's he's come into his own this year, and being the pitcher that he was projected to be when he was a top prospect in baseball at once, you know, at one point in time. So he came out and yeah, he looked shaky. You know and. I feel like every good pitcher is due for a bad game. It happens. It's it's baseball. It's life. It's everything. And so it just so happened to be perfectly against the Cubs. But Willie looked great that game. You know, he was hitting good pitches. And, you know, it's it's hard to ask anything more than that uh, when he's hitting, you know, dong shots, especially when the wind is blowing in. Because, you know, remember, the, the, the weather wasn't that great for that Wednesday game. It was kind of rainy. It was kind of meh. You know, it was the wind was blowing in at Wrigley, and and you know he was still able to golf two balls out of the ballpark. So that certainly says something about you know Contreras' night. And then yeah, transitioning to that Mets series, um, ugh, yeah, that was just an ugly series. Um, Alonzo, rookie sensation, has been absolutely crushing it this year for the Mets. Uh, he continued to crush it against the Cubs. Uh, was was really nice seeing Alzali's, you know, his debut. He looked really good. He looked confident. Uh, he has a really wicked two-seam fastball. I love watching him throw that two-seamer. That son of a bitch breaks like a just it's, – it's incredible. Um, you know, and then it was nice seeing Baez come through with some heroics then to, to close out the series and get that split. But those two middle games were ugly. I remember turning the game off, and I know people are probably going to listen to this and go <gasps> – you turned the game off? How dare you? Blah, 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 blah. But, like, 
it was that was too hard to watch. I was getting more frustrated watching it than I was getting the satisfaction of watching Cubs baseball. So, you yeah. know, it was rough. But the, I mean, to your point, uh, three and three is uh-huh. that should have been what five and one, maybe four and something two like at that. worst. Definitely something like that. Yeah. Ron, one thing quickly, I want to say, you can keep going, but. Your point about the turning the game off. You know, I think it's okay at times to just turn the damn game off. Because it comes a point where, you know, I understand supporting your team, but it's just not your day. Get them the next day. You know, just move on do something else. I think that, like, that, like, helps your feelings so much. Because, like, I've, sit, I've sat and watched the Cubs and they're getting beat by, like, seven, eight runs. It's like, well, what's the point? Like, what am I? I'm just making myself more angry with every at-bat. And then you see Caratini come in the pitch. It's like what? Like that's cool, I guess. Like what? What am I watching, oh, dude? It's like if you if you're wait, watching your wait, wait, wait. favorite are getting thirty five piece. You're saying you don't like watching Caratini make a Jeter esque throw off of the mound? That was sick. But then it's like ah, let's well, all cheer because that's literally the only good thing about this game is that our father, who's pitching, made a cool play. Not that thinking about that, but you you can continue. I just yeah, no, no, I just no. say that. I I just wanted to play devil's advocate there. Uh, no, and I think you're 100 percent correct. The beauty of baseball is there's 162 games. No, and literally no sport comes halfway close. The next longest season in any sport is 82 games, and that's basketball and hockey. And then from there you go down even further into 16 games with football, and you know soccer plays what 30 something games in a year. I mean, baseball is the longest sport from a game per number of games perspective, and that's the beauty of it. Exactly, you know, not not our day. They suck today. They look like dog shit. Turn it off. We'll get back at them tomorrow. You have a new resense, just revitalized sense of hope every time because it, it they play so many games that you can be like, up oh, okay, chalk this one up as a loss. Whereas, like, I feel like we've talked about this before, whether on on air or off air. You know, when the Bears play and the Bears lose, you have a whole week to think about it before the next game. So you dwell on it a little longer. It's hard to dwell on a baseball game because the next day, more often than not, unless you have an off day, you're playing. And you can redeem yourself. And, you know, guys who maybe screwed up the night before and, you know, quote-unquote screwed the game for us are, are the guys that can come back and be heroes on the next night. So all good stuff yeah. there. My bad. Not no, to cut you off. I just want to add one more thing. You know, what you just said, they're so true. You know, you get even with the players, it's the same thing. You know, they lose that night. They got to come back focused and re-energized and ready to go. But um, I guess one positive, because like me, me and you texted back and forth about Ron, that that Baez game where he hit the, the three-run homer to, you know, put him up in the eighth. Mm-hmm. Um and Strobe actually bounced back pretty good from the the Jimenez home run because we were talking about like his slider when he uh, had that perfect ninth and that thing was it was working. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's a good sign from there on out that he's going to be able to um, you know go out there and you know ex- especially with Kimbrel coming up being be that you know threat as a setup guy in the eighth. So just wanted to add that because it, it was very positive and very. You know, I was happy to see that he was able to throw that slider very effectively, and it looked really nasty. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, we were going back and forth, and that was exactly what we were saying: is, "Ooh, Stropy looked good in that game, and and he needed that. I think he needed that bounce back, um, just for his own, you know, sense of confidence, more or less." 
All right, gentlemen, I think this is a perfect time to take a little breather, take a break, you know, get some water, do what you got to do. Uh, we'll be right back uh, after a quick word from our fantastic sponsor. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Northside Nine podcast, episode 14. We are in the teen years. We are just a sassy bunch, just like your average teenager. Um, gentlemen, 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 there's a lot of things coming up now. Uh, so as we sit here and record, the Cubs are currently playing Game 3 of the Atlanta Braves series. Uh, it's not going so hot because you Darvish looks like absolute dog shit tonight. But nonetheless, we will continue to talk about it anyway. Um, first two games of the Braves series, just quickly to recap, and and when we once we get into this, you know, feel free to to touch on this either both, you know, both of you, either one of you, whatever. Um, you know, game one, um, the, you know, actually goes in the Cubs' favor. Big offensive outing; they needed it. A big eight three victory for the Cubs. Uh, they come back then last night and kind of in heartbreak fashion. Alozai made his first start, looked really good, gave up a home run on his first pitch of the game. Hey, rookie, welcome to the major leagues. But um, they were able to regain the lead, and then they lost it late. Mike Montgomery let up uh, a couple of runs, then they allow the Braves to take a 3-2 lead, and that ultimately was the final score. Right now, as we stand, assuming this game ends, we're in the bottom of the fifth. Um, it is 5-1 Atlanta, so, and Keuchel is on the mound, so... Let's just go ahead and hypothetically say that this one is a loss tonight, uh, tomorrow or today, whenever, hopefully you are listening to us today as we drop. Uh, the Cubs will be taking on the Braves at 120 because it's a travel day. Uh, Craig Kimbrell maybe makes his debut today. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. That'll be for you to decide and for fate to decide because we have no idea what's going to happen. But Either way, enough of my rambling. After the Atlanta series, the Cubs will travel to Cincinnati for a three-game series with the Reds this weekend. Currently slotted to be the starts, and this can obviously change. Uh, it sounds like Quintana will go against Sonny Gray. Hamels will go against Luis Castillo, who's arguably been the Reds' best pitcher all season. And Game 3 looks to slot as Lester versus Descalfani. Um, and then after that because probably the next time you hear from us will be right in the middle of this series. Uh, the Cubs have four games in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, against the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday the 4th. So Thursday the 4th is the last game. Monday is the big question mark right now, so we don't know if it's going to be Chatwood or Alizai. Um Chatwood will pitch tomorrow or today, again, when you're listening to this, um, in that series finale against the Braves. So Monday, we could see Alizai start again, or we could see Chatwood potentially start, but probably not. He would only be on four days rest. Um, so likely we see Alizai, which I'm, I'm here for. And then as soon as that ends on Monday, you have Tuesday, Darvish versus Musgrove. Wednesday, Hamels versus Archer. That'll be a hell of a pitching matchup. And then Thursday on the holiday, you'll have Quintana versus Lyles uh, as he is returning from the DL. That'll be a 3 p.m. first pitch in Chicago. The other games are all 6 o'clock first pitches. Lots of baseball coming up, gentlemen. Obviously, then on the other side of all of this, and I do not want to get into it too much because we'll probably have an entire episode around it. Next time is the second half of the Crosstown Classic. Uh, we will be at 
the one and only guaranteed rate field on the south side. They have great food, great beer, but a terrible stadium name. Um, we'll be down there then for the two-game set to end the Crosstown Classic. So the Cubs have a chance to win the series outright there, or they're going to split again this year, I think, which they did for, at one point in time, correct me if I'm wrong, like four years in a row. So, nonetheless, gents, maybe, you know, thoughts on that Atlanta series, kind of what's going through your head there. Uh, Red series, Pirate series, uh, we'll, we'll leave the Sox series for the next episode because chances are, Right before the holiday, we're going to be back on with our guys over at Shy Sox Weekly talking second half of the Crosstown Classic. Um, I'll start off here. I, I really, I'm not going to say much here. Get legs, motherfucker! Woo! <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Chris Bryant just hit a mood. Come on, shot. man, I'm delayed. Like I don't even get to I'm feel sorry. that. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm watching a highlight. Was that off the board? You made me. Well, maybe we got a game here. Maybe. It's 5-2. So, Keiko's starting to hang pitches. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, you're good. You know, you can definitely lose your mind over anything like that and interrupt me. Completely fine by that. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to say much about it. You know, Atlanta, I mean, pending tonight, hopefully they they do come back and win this game. But tomorrow, um, that'd be good to, you know, take a series against a team this quality, team of this quality. But who knows? Um, and then looking after that, you know, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. So two teams at the bottom of our division, but again, this division separated by they're only back six games. So, uh, this is going to be, you know, they're 30, they're both 36 and 41. This is like those teams hover around 500, but again, I'm looking at it as two teams that we can very well, you know, go on the road and win four out at, at least four out of seven. I'm, I mean, I want to win more than five. I want to go five and seven at least, you know, or you know, sweep. But you know, it's they have an opportunity here again on the road. It's going to be a little tough, and we know how they play on the road. They're 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 ass on the road. So I mean, this would be a good start to you know bouncing back on the road for these guys. You know, you got Cincinnati. You can go out there, even though they do have a great pitching staff. And what are they? Their run differentiation is plus forty four. So they're the next best in the division. They just haven't been able to um, get that offense going. So they have been pitching pretty good compared to, yeah, they're actually right here. They've only given up 291 runs against, so that they are really good in that department uh, compared to previous years. So, you know, the Cubs really have to go out there and play against Cincinnati or else they, especially with how inconsistent this offense is, you know, I, I don't, I hate to say it. I hope they don't lose that series like two games to one, but I also want to say this is a great opportunity for them to go out there and take five out of seven and, you know, get right back on, on track. Yeah, 100%. Justin, what do you think? I mean, the Brave series has been it's been fine, I guess, man. Um, you know, and anyway, I want to talk about that. Um, but, yeah, the upcoming series, um, it's going to be big. Uh, it's big for the Cubs to – they really need to do get on track. Um, what better way than versus your division? Um, they need to get some momentum, and that's something that we haven't really seen is momentum. The Cubs sunset stretch, like we've said, have pretty much been 500. They'll win two games and lose the next, and they just keep kind of going on this merry-go-round of mediocre baseball. So if they can rattle off, you know, five straight, six straight, and then just have a hot month, like have a, a real hot 
month of July. That'd be beautiful. If they, if they, if July is their month, you know, minus the All-Star break, and then, you know, you hopefully you will let into August with good baseball. And the bottom line is if they keep, continue like this, they're going to be second place in this division in no time. Because the Brewers at some point are going to get hot. I mean, they have a lot of holes as well as the Cubs, which, you know, kind of going back to something Brian said in his one blog about the Cubs, uh, this division is, we thought it'd be the best in baseball. I think top to bottom, it's the most strong, but there might not be a great team in this division. Does that make sense? There's no Dodgers in this division. There's no Astros when they're healthy in this division. Uh, There's no Yankees in this division. There's no team right now that you'd say can contend for a World Series or which is basically contend with the Dodgers and the NLCS or NLDS, however you get that get that draw. And it's kind of um, it's, I don't know. It's just it's it's weird. Yeah, uh, I'll say it's weird. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to follow it up and and please continue. You know, once I once I'm done here, but there's a lot of good teams in the NL Central. There's not a lot of great teams in the NL Central right now. Yeah, there's a lot of like, there's no bad team. Like, like there's, and no, no team on the, none of the teams in the division, I think, have been good on the road, surprisingly. Or, I could be wrong, but, you know, it's just, it's just a little weird. And, yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's just, Does, let's hope they get hot. Yeah, I, I mean, say at this point, man. Like, let's hope they do something, they get hot, or else we're doing this another week, next week, talking about <laughs> how they, they split a series. And they and they won one on some bullshit. I, I'm like, tired of it. Like, give me some. Like, give me something to talk about here. Like thinking about it right now, especially since they're on the road, it's kind of it. Kind of, I hate to say it. It scares me. It scares me. You know, this could be a very bad road trip for the Cubs if they As don't. As it come should. It should scare you, James. It yeah, should, I know. If the Cubs came on right now, and you're not like worried. I don't know what you're watching, or you're too optimistic because I mean, there's just. You gotta hope the offense just comes out and shits on them for for them to win games right now. And and I guess the the pitching's been okay. The pitching's been like good enough to win games, but they're gonna blow it if you if you have like a one run lead possibly. Unless you have like you know like you, your pitcher has to go at least six, so you can go seven, eight, nine. You're not gonna win games if your pitcher goes five with this bullpen. It seems like. And then I don't know. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I don't want to go on a rant in the middle of your rant, so I'll let you have your rant. No, back. and I'm just looking at it like, you know, one of these teams, and hopefully it's the Cubs, is bound to go on a hot run here. Like they need to. Someone, it's been every team has been struggling, hovering 500. At least like Milwaukee and St. Louis. Um, I actually I don't know. I mean, has St. Louis been? No, they they've been five and five their last ten. But still, and you were correct when you said like every team is struggling on the road in this division. Cubs 15 and 21 being the worst. Milwaukee 18 and 21, St. Louis 16 and 21, Pittsburgh 19 and 22 and then the Reds 17 and 24. So, yeah, and I it scares me cuz if they don't come out and play and like Milwaukee goes out and they have a great little run here or St. Louis goes out and have a great they have a great little run here, they can see we can see them taking the the lead in the division and then being back kind of at square one where we're down a little bit and the Cubs have to fight back. Yeah, well said, man. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about either one of those series anymore because or any of the upcoming games, I think y'all nailed it. I think that was really well said. Good job, guys. Um, 
a lot of good thoughts all there, man. It just, yeah, a lot of concern, a lot of question marks, a lot of optimism. It's just a mixed bag of emotions right now with this Cubs team um, going forward. So, gentlemen, I think we're, we're coming to the end of the show. We've got a nice little over an hour episode here going on right now. We'll, we'll finish up with some closing thoughts. Um, just a couple things I kind of wanted to discuss, list off, um, and then we can maybe talk through one or two of these questions here. But um, noted earlier in the show, so today or yesterday when everybody's listening to this, but our day of recording um, is the anniversary of Anthony Rizzo's Cubs debut, not his MLB debut. He was called up from AAA Iowa, came up, made his debut on June 26th, 2012, the very lowly Chicago Cubs, I believe their record was 25 and 48 at the time. I have a blog out there. Go and read it. Um, not a very good team coming in and playing the Mets, who were an above 500 ball club at the time, um, and get a big victory, a 5-3 victory, where Randy Wells, I hope that's a name that you guys haven't heard in a hot minute, started the game for the Cubs. Um, Rizzo actually ended up driving in the game-winning RBI in that game. So a fun little throwback uh, there with Anthony Rizzo's Cubs debut on this day, um, you know, seven years ago, and then some, eight years ago. You do the math and tell me. Anyway, and then just a very quick mention because uh, what he did was absolutely outstanding. Um Cole Roterer is the top outfield prospect right now in the Chicago Cubs system, currently number five overall in the organization. He had a very historic night yesterday in South Bend for the South Bend Cubs, which is the full season A-ball team of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, He went five for five, scored three runs, had a home run, and drove in four. He was absolutely on fire last night. So just wanted to mention that. He's only 19 years old. A lot of promise for this guy. Um, you know, Maybe in the future he's a quality center fielder or, or at worst he's a corner outfielder who you know, gets on base and, and makes things happen in that fashion. Um, oh, wow, that's a good play. Um, and just you know, you know, give, give him a look. You know, go read some stuff. Uh, check out the South Bend Cubs, especially if you live in Chicago. They're not too far. It's about an hour away. A lot of the top 30 prospects for the Chicago Cubs are currently in South Bend. Uh, so I think it's definitely worth the trek. Uh, we were actually talking about it today as a group here at Northside 9 about doing a trek um, later in the minor league season down to South Bend uh, and checking out a game or two. All right, gentlemen, after the housekeeping is done, just a couple little closing thoughts for people to think about as they leave. A um, couple of good questions here. Uh, let's see here. How long can you? That's a good one. Um, there's just so many good questions. we got to filter through all these. Ooh, I do like that. Okay, let's talk about this because I think this is the hot topic and this is what we should close out on. Um, all-star voting is ongoing right now. We're in the phase two, so it's the new thing this year, where everybody got to vote who you want, what you want them to do, where you want them to start, you know, the usual all-star voting. Instead of just the top vote-getters of that pool getting the, you know, starting nod, which it has has always historically been, this year the major leagues have changed it where now 
they're doing a quote-unquote recount where the top three at every position, and then in the in this case the top nine in the outfield, um, are all thrown into a bucket again, and they say, okay, everybody go vote again. And then the winners, quote-unquote winners, most votes tallied for this pool now will be your all-star starters. That being said, there are seven Cubs in contention for starting spots. You have Anthony Rizzo at first base. He's one of three in the NL. Chris Bryan at third base, also one of three. Javi Baez at short, one of three. And then you have Willie Contreras, who just had a nice big hit. I will let you guys watch it because I know you're behind me. Um, but we needed that. All-star worthy, all Wilson Contreras, in my opinion. Uh, he is up for catcher as one of the top three. And then all three Cubs outfielders who were on the ballot are in the top nine. So Jason Hayward, Albert Elmora, and Kyle Schwarber. So I guess with all of that information, a lot to digest and think about. Are these guys all truly worthy? And, you know, maybe who do you think... You know, we're gonna we're gonna spin this question a little bit. Who do you think ultimately starts, and then who ultimately at least makes the team, and like how many Cubs? I think we it'll be fun to maybe keep a running tally and see who's closest to total number of Cubs represented in the All Star game, and then total number of starters. Uh, James, let's go ahead and start with you since this was your question that you devised yeah. for us. I mean, I. <sighs> You know, it's the fan voting, and, you know, it, the All-Star game doesn't really mean anything since last year, since, you know, they changed it all, where if you win the All-Star game, or that that um, that league gets home field advantage, so it's all, like, it's all for the fans. But um, I think in terms of who will get the start, you know, I think Contreras is a safe bet, um, and I think, you know, Baez is right up there with a safe bet as well. Um, in terms of like who I think shouldn't even be on the ballot, I I, I want to say Almora. <laughs> you know, I I think it, like again the Cubs are a big market, a lot of fans. You know, you're gonna get a lot of votes for a lot of a lot of your players. And I think Almora. I'm sorry, did you say Almora is gonna make it? No, I'm not saying. I'm saying he's overrated. And he shouldn't be. On, oh, okay. He shouldn't be within the finalists right now, but he is. Uh, you know, he's been at 247. So I, I think there's plenty of outfielders out there doing better than him at the moment. Um, I, I, I think Hayward, you know, he, he, he's right there. You know, he, he could pretend, I, I think he's potentially deserving. He's, he's been hot and he's getting hot again, but he's also been really cold. So, you know, if, 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 if he has a good, um, you know, first if he finishes up the first half like at the pace he's going now within these last two or you know last week or so, he can definitely you know sneak in there. Maybe not as a starter, but you know a guy that just makes it. And then you know I don't think Schwarber deserves it either. You know he he's fielding and hitting wise. He's two thirty two at least what they got him listed at the moment. And like I said, there's there's guys that deserve it more than him. It's just the fact that. The Cubs are very popular throughout the United States, so these guys are going to get the votes. Which, I mean, that's another thing. Do you guys agree with the fan voting? Even though, it, you know, me personally, it's at the moment, it's a fan event. So, yeah, why not have the fans vote? But at the same time, I want to say maybe there should be, like, some type of committee that, like, 
evaluates guys for the all-star game because i guess it it is a big achievement and some players that are deserving of it do kind of miss out but um yeah my safe bets are Contreras and Baez and then I just don't know if anybody in the outfield makes it I don't know if you know Rizzo makes it and then I think Bryant Bryant will probably you know I don't know if he'll be the starter but I think he will make it Justin so yeah I mean, yeah, the two. I think there's two deserving of starting, and that's Contreras and Baez. And um, I'll kind of make this quick. You know, um, you kind of touched on a lot of it. Uh, I think Rizzo might miss out behind Freeman and Bell, but with the, um, you know, the Cubs voting, he'll probably get on there. He'll probably beat out Freeman. He might beat out. He won't beat out Bell. I don't think just because people that will just vote that aren't they're like neutral in the race are going to vote Bell with the stats. Um, I think Chris Bryant might not make it. Um, probably goes out to Rendon, and he might be an alternate. I think him and Rizzo might be both alternates. And that's all that really should. If anyone from the Cubs outfield gets in, that's just, come on. I, I, I had a conversation with my buddies about this, and it's just like, I am like happy the Cubs have this fan base that get guys in. But as like a baseball fan trying to be non-biased, I want to see the best players get in the All-Star game. But I want to see players I haven't seen. I don't need to see Almora ground out on a first-pitch fastball down in the zone in the All-Star game. I see it every day. Um, Haywards would be fine. He's actually hitting now. But, you know, Schwarber, I don't need to see him maybe hit a home run and strike out three times. It's just... I don't know. It's it, 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 To me, it's like you might as well put... Put the best players in. There's three Cubs that should make it. I think Hamels will get in as a starter, as he should. And that's it. You know, you don't need five all-stars. Like, 16 was fine because the Cubs were really good. But guys need a break, man. It's almost like I almost don't want them to be in the all- I mean, they're going to play like one game. They're just going to play a little bit. But, man, sometimes you kind of just want the guys to get a rest. I mean, they're playing a lot of games. I saw an article on that, actually. There, uh, I think the Chicago Tribune talked about I should like Chicago Cubs fans not vote for the team to like make the All Star games and like give these guys a break. So yeah, you still got to vote, and like the guys will probably still be appreciative to be there. But it's like these are like our everyday, everyday. Maybe not Willie as much, but Baez and Rizzo are in the lineup every single day. You know, and like let's let's give both those both those guys have you know had some some days off this year with just nagging stuff. So let's just. I don't know. Hopefully they don't play a lot. I mean, it's not like they're going to be out there like grinding. They're going to take their at bat, smile for the camera, wave to the fans. You'll half half ass, you know. And just how about out. um, how about the home run derby? Are isn't Vladdy Junior. going to be in the home run derby this year? Like, yeah. yeah. Which I mean, I don't, I don't mind, but I, I, I just think it's cool. You know, I would love to see him fucking hit some home runs, hit some bombs. A lot of yeah. people don't like the home run derby though. They say it messes up your swing. Brian didn't like it. Oh, the more reason I'm happy that none of the Cubs are going to compete in it. I mean, yeah. Wait, wasn't Brian and Rizzo in it last year? A couple years ago. Uh, Baez was in it 15 was it? Was that 15 they were both in it? I think that was 15, yeah. It was, yeah. They both didn't do shit. (laughs) Baez sucked ass last year. That's when he's not a home run derby swing. It's too violent. You can't just do BP out there. And he has brothers throwing shitty ass pitches to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His brother out there pitching to him. Yeah. yeah. 
No, I, I think I think you guys touched on it really well, though. Um, I think Baez and Contreras both get in the starters, and as they should. I mean, Contreras has been fantastic. Baez has been fantastic. Rizzo and Bryant, I think, make the team. I don't think either one of them start, which is totally fine. I think Rizzo's stats are fully deserving. I think Bryant, when the All-Star voting initially started, he was still kind of on that hot streak. So, again, I, I'm not against him being in the mix. Um, I agree. I think if any Cubs pitcher does make the all-star team, it is Hamels. He's been the best so far. I Quite honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if none of the Cubs pitchers made it, just from a, you know, hey, you guys already have four all-stars. We have to give everybody else an all-star, and and some guys get snubbed, which happens. It's, it's part of the game. Um, but I, I agree. Uh, and you know what? It's funny that you guys mentioned that. So, my senior manager at work is a St. Louis Cardinals fan. He's born and raised in St. Louis. And, you know, we always have good friendly just banter back and forth about the Cubs and the Cards. And he came over to me this morning and he goes, hey, you know, I, I'm voting for the Cubs in the All-Star game. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because I want them to play so they don't get rest. And I'm like, see, I never even thought about that. And to your guys' point, you know, there's articles out there of, oh, you know, should fans not vote and let these guys get a break and a breather? And um, you know, I feel like obviously these guys enjoy it. They they get to be around other guys in the game. They get to be around some of their current teammates. You know, it's so. It, I think mentally it still is a bit of a break for these guys. But at the same time, you know, even though they're playing and probably you know not really going all out, there's always still the chance for a freak injury. Now, granted, they could also have a freak injury putting their pants on, like Brendan Morrow, who is reportedly coming back soon, but I will believe it when I see it, um, that, you know, something could happen. And so I, I guess there's always that risk, right, of just like, eh, maybe this happens, maybe this doesn't. So, um, well said, boys. Uh, that was, yeah. That was a, a hell of an in-depth conversation about the All-Star game. <laughs> and one more thing. I don't blame your manager because, I mean, there's no Cardinals in the running for any position. Well, I mean, maybe. I don't, do they got any pitchers? No. Uh, yeah. So. Not really. No. I don't know who's going to represent them because it no probably would have been Hicks, but he's done. Uh, I, would argue, I would argue maybe Colton Wong will be their representative. Can't hit. Yeah, but his glove is great, though. And? We should I'm put Danny saying. Echeverria in there, too, while we're at it. I'm just saying, who the hell else are you going to put in the All-Star game from the Cardinals right now? They got Giovanni Gallegos. They got a good reliever. They got like a .9 ERA, .5 whip. Okay, well, then he's your representative because I don't just, think anybody else on that team is worthy. If you would have told me during the beginning of the season the Cardinals would have one representative and it's an eighth inning guy, I'd be like, all right, it's fine with me. Oh, no, agreed. Agreed 100%. Who's repping the Marlins? Uh, the Marlins? Yeah, so every team has to have a rep, right? Yeah, I don't... Repping the Marlins. They probably got uh, uh, Caleb Smith, maybe. Who? Oh, yeah, Caleb. yeah, yeah. He's had a nice year. He's 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 fallen off a little bit of late, but overall, he's been pretty good. Um, Pretty, pretty, pretty solid for for the Marlins. So, yeah, I think that's a safe bet Um, overall. Is, is having him be their representative. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I'm curious to see how the voting goes. So uh, when most people are listening to this, the voting will be coming to an end. The voting ends at, I believe it's 4 p.m. Eastern time on June 27th. So I think we'll know by 
you know, early evening, kind of who's starting. And then, excuse me, I would expect the, uh, the rest of the roster then to kind of, uh, shake itself out for, for lack of a better term. Well, gentlemen, um, I think, I think we've covered everything on our list tonight. Obviously a lot been going on. A lot has been going on in Cubs world. Uh, they're mounting what hopefully is a little bit of a comeback here as we're currently recording. It's now five, three, um, and Barnett is now on the mound in the top of the seventh. So hopefully they can rally and make something happen. Schwarber has entered the game as a defensive sub. That's when, you know, Madden's going for those power and hoping he gets a hit. Uh, Bryant now at third, and I think Bodie's just out of the game. So instead of Bodie being at third, um, Addison Russell remains at second. The stat that I wanted to share with you guys, and I just remember this very, very, very quickly before we get out of here. So this is entering play today, so as of the 26th when we are recording. The Chicago Cubs are 9-16 and 16 with a minus 16 run differential, when Addison Russell is in the starting lineup, so I'm gonna I'm gonna Ouch. leave that as food Boo. for thought. I'm gonna leave that as food for Boo. thought. Yeah, you know, especially if tonight goes the way it's going right now, that could improve or in this case get worse to a nine and seventeen record with Addison Russell as a starter uh, in this Cubs lineup. So I again, not necessarily directly a correlation, but he truly has not been that spectacular. He also hasn't been that terrible. So I guess, you know, maybe just kind of a coinkadink, but something to keep an eye on nonetheless. And that was, I want to give credit to who tweeted that. That is Uncle Jeff on Twitter. He is at EBSoftball is his Twitter handle. Um, he's actually, I think he's pretty well known in the Cubs Twitter community. And he's got, a, yeah, he's got over 4,000 followers. So at least a decent amount of people know who he is. Um, he tends to put out some good stuff. So he's a fun follow. Uh, so, you know, check him out. We'll, we'll give him a little bit of a plug there. Okay, gentlemen, 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 I am ready to hopefully watch the Cubs come back in this game. I hope you guys are too. So with all of that being said, thank you for joining us today on our episode 14 of the Northside 9 podcast, uh, the official Cubs podcast of the ONTAP Sports Network. Please, once again, uh, tune in to all of our writings, podcasts, etc. over at ONTAPSportsNet.com under the Cubs section. If you uh, have friends that are White Sox fans, we have great White Sox coverage. And if you're a fan of the Blackhawks, the Bears, the Bulls, college football, the Chicago Dogs, Chicago Wolves, we've got everything under the sun in Chicago sports over at ontapsportsnet.com. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at at ontapsportsnet. Uh, And you can find us personally on Twitter at northside9, that is the number 9, pod. Um, and then give all of us a follow. I am at RNLDLoose. Justin is at Justin154. And James, uh, I, I keep forgetting yours off the top of my head. And I, I don't even know. My, dude, That's okay. <laughs> I got it. I got it. It's at JamesJ7764. So just uh, more advice to the followers <laughs> and the listeners. Just follow the at Northside Nine Pod. Go to the bio, and then you could follow all three of us. They're there. It's easier than trying to remember all of our individual Twitter handles. But nonetheless, uh, thank you for joining us today, guys. Thanks for you know popping on. This has been a great show, a very in-depth show, a lot to talk about. Um, hopefully, the next time our listeners hear us, 
It's going to be recapping um, the rest of this Atlanta series. Hopefully a Craig Kimbrell debut, uh, some Cubs-Cincinnati ball, and some Cubs-Pittsburgh ball. While all-encompassing, we are going to probably be joined by the Shy Sox Weekly guys. We are going to play host this week, or this this time coming up uh, in preparation for the second half of the Crosstown Classic. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us, and we hope you have a great rest, great rest of your week, a great weekend, and let's go, Cubs. Um,